You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. start listening to Jeremiah. Never. He didn't, he didn't listen to the word that was prophesied. Instead, he had Jeremiah arrested as a traitor and thrown into prison. They put him under a court and dropped him into an abandoned cistern. Praise God, he was rescued. Zedekiah then hypocritically asked Jeremiah to pray for them. But when Jeremiah told him what the Lord said, that it was over, he refused again. Refused. It's heartbreaking to watch someone you care for choose to pursue destruction over and over. The fact is, you can't make the choice for them. All you can do is share the truth of Christ and pray persistently. As Pastor Dave will point out in today's message, it's up to them to choose salvation or destruction. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 25 as he begins his message. And in the end... As we made our way through the end of 2 Kings, it tells a tragic story. The ending of 2 Kings tells a a tragic story of the last years of a great nation, a great kingdom or great nation. We saw the steps that they took as they declined. We saw the decisions that their kings made. And that the people followed after the decisions that were made that led them in a downward spiral that led them to destruction. We read that the northern kingdom, Israel, was taken captive by the Assyrians. They were taken away. They were gone, never ever to return. Because Jeroboam had led them into sin. Jeroboam, remember, was their very first king. And of the 19 kings of Israel... Not one was considered a good king. And remember, not one king in the kingdom of Israel was considered good. All did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now that Israel was gone, all eyes turned towards the southern kingdom of Judah. They didn't fare much better. They didn't do much better than Israel. Only of the 20 kings... Only four were considered good. But another four were considered, eh, men's immense. They weren't real bad, but they weren't real good either. So of the 20 kings, 12 of them were horrible. And this is in the kingdom of Judah. They did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. But the worst of them was Manasseh. King Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, was the worst of the kings in Judah. In fact, he might even be worse than Ahab in Israel. He might even be considered worst of all the kings, all 39 or 40 kings that ruled during this time period. He might be considered the worst. Because if you remember in chapter 24, look at verses 3 and 4. The the, the Lord 
made a commandment against the kingdom because of Manasseh. Look at 33 and 4 of 24. Verse 3, surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done, and also because of the innocent blood that had been shed, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. So one king led Israel down a path that was so horrid, the nation Israel, the kingdom of Judah. The Lord had had been long-suffering with them. He had striven with them a long time. But how much? How long will he strive? How long will he strive with the United States? We don't know. How long will he strive with evil? We don't know. But according to him, the Lord, judgment was now. It was time for judgment before. But even before Judgment came, even though he pronounced judgment on Judah because of Manasseh's sin, even because he was going to do that, graciously warned the leaders. He graciously warned the people through the prophets. He continually sent the prophets to them, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, the other prophets, Habakkuk, and all these prophets who came to him, who came to Judah and said, turn around, go the other way, you're going the wrong way. But they didn't listen. They didn't heed the voice of the Lord through the prophets. In fact, if you read Hebrews, they killed the prophets. They put them in jail and killed them. They didn't want anything to do with them. They continued to do evil in sight of the Lord, even though he had warned them and warned them and warned them. They continued to commit spiritual adultery, which means they went after foreign gods. They went after idols. And even after a great time of revival and restoration, remember Josiah? Manasseh's son, Josiah, was a great king, a godly king. Tore down the high places, tore down the altars in the, in the temple, rebuilt the temple and brought it back to what it used to be. Did these marvelous things, took Judah into a time of restoration, a time of renewal, a time of refreshing, took them into a time of revival. Even he couldn't make a difference because as soon as he passed away, his son and the sons after that went right back to doing evil. Right back to doing evil. And this reminds me of something. It just now reminded me of something. Reminds me that after Satan's in the ground, in the pit for a thousand years, and Jesus is ruling the earth, and we're ruling with him, and there is no sin, he Let's Satan out after a thousand years. And like that, he's got an army of a billion coming against the Lord. Man will always choose darkness over light. Because man is evil. And the light shines on the evil. Even after a great time of revival, the leaders had forsaken God. The people had forsaken God. So God now was had to chastise his children because of their stubbornness and their stiff necks. Oh, they would still be God's children. They would still be the apple of God's eye. He would still love them, but he had to discipline them just like a father has to discipline their children. A father disciplines out of love. Disciplines out of love. God is disciplining his children out of love because he is a just and righteous God. 
But as we studied, this doesn't happen overnight. It began with a series of raids from Babylon, the new kingdom, the new tough kid on the block. The Assyrians used to be the tough kids. The Egypt, the Egyptians were the tough guys at one time. But now Babylon was the toughest, and they had the strongest army. And their king's name was Nebuchadnezzar, and he ruled with an iron hand. And he became really, really strong. The first thing that happened was he came to Jerusalem, and they lost their independence. How did they lose their independence? He made the king pay tribute money. Here, I'm going to pay you this so you don't attack me. It was hush money. It was bully money. I remember when I was growing up, I had a kid who used to come every time, every, every recess time and threaten to beat me up if I didn't give him a quarter. <laughs> this is really an aside, but my favorite story about that is they used to beat me up every single day. Every single day they would take my lunch money and they'd beat me up. Every day. That was seventh and eighth grade year. And over my eighth grade year and my ninth grade year, I grew to my present height. Everybody thought I was going to be about 6'5", but I grew to 6 foot, um, and I grew to my present height. So the first day of school, I'm sitting there in the ca- at, the, at, at the cafeteria, and these guys walked up, and one of them was named was Peanut because he was rather small. And he come walking up and said, oh, look, it's our buddy. Hey, what do you got for us today? And they start messing with my money. And I said, hey, where do you go? I said, no, not this time. They said, what do you mean? And I stood up, and I was this much taller than they were. And they looked at me and said, so? I said, so I'm not going to give you my money. Guess what happened? They beat the snot out of me and took my money anyhow. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Anyhow, I digress terribly. I don't even know why I told you that. I have absolutely no reason why I told you that. There's no redeeming value in that, folks. None whatsoever. But there was a new bully on the block, and his name was Nebuchadnezzar. And he was kicking butt and taking names. And he made Jerusalem... Subject to him. They had to pay him money to leave him alone. They had to pay him money. It was extortion. But the king rebelled against Babylon. He rebelled against them. How crazy. And so the the king sent raiding parties into Jerusalem, and they started stealing things. They stole the great wealth. They removed the leaders. And remember, they removed some of the brightest kids ever in Israel, one of them by the name of Daniel. They removed them at that time. And the end was drawing fast to the kingdom. The people are going to lose their city. They're going to lose their temple. And finally, folks, they're going to lose hope. They're going to lose hope because everything is going to be taken from them, including them. After ruling for three months, Jehoiakim was carried away to Babylon. And Zedekiah, his uncle, was made king. Let's finish up chapter 24, 17 through 20, and then we'll move on. The king of Babylon made Manathiah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal and daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, that he finally cast them out from his presence Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So after all this, we come to the end. Zedekiah is the last king. There will be no more kings after. He is the last king. And he's had enough. And he rebels against this huge, monstrous power. He rebels against this enormous army. He rebels against them. But he's doing evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord says, okay, 
It's time. It's done. It's over. I've had it. And we come to 25, and we see the end of a nation. The end of a nation. Look at verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of that month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall around it. For nine years, Zedekiah reigned. But after he rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar comes back with a vengeance. He comes back. This time he brings his entire army with them, his entire army, and they camp around the city, and they lay siege, and they build a wall, a siege wall. This is the year 588 B.C. The siege lasts for two years, and when you lay siege to a city, you cut everything off from going out and coming in. Nobody can do anything. So after four months, what's the first thing that's going to run out? Food. The food runs out. The food runs out. There were plenty of fig leaves to do the other. Anyhow, their food ran out. Look at verses 1 and 2. I did read those, didn't I? No, I didn't read 2. And the Lord sent against him raiding bands of the Chaldeans, bands of the Syrians, bands of the Moabites, bands of the people from Ammon, and he sent them against Judah to destroy it according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants to the prophets. Okay, so this was all prophesied. So the food runs out in the fourth month. The food runs out. The city was besieged until the 11th year of King Hezekiah. So two years, two years. By the ninth day of the fourth month, here we are, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Okay, so the famine is so sincere. It's very, very serious. It's severe. History tells us that at near the end, the people were cooking their own children. Famine was so great. In fact, take a minute and turn to Lamentations of Jeremiah. Jeremiah comes right after Isaiah. Jeremiah, and then after Jeremiah, he writes the Lamentations. He was the writer of Lamentations. That's why they call him the Lamentations of Jeremiah. It's the book of Lamentations. Look at chapter 4. Look at verses 9 and 10. Those slain by the sword are better off than those who die of hunger. For these pine away, stricken for lack of fruits of the field. The hands of compassionate women have cooked their own children. They became food for them in the destruction of my daughter, of my people. It's called lamentations because he was lamenting so much. They called Jeremiah the crying prophet, the weeping prophet, because he poured out his heart. When we read in Jeremiah 21, in Jeremiah 38, he had counseled Zedekiah. And he basically said, surrender to this guy. Surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. It'll save the city and it'll save the temple. But when did he start? When did Zedekiah start listening to Jeremiah? Never. He didn't, he didn't listen to the word that was prophesied. Instead, he had Jeremiah arrested as a traitor and thrown into prison. They put him in the recording and dropped him into an abandoned cistern. Praise God, he was rescued. Zedekiah then hypocritically asked Jeremiah to pray for them. But when Jeremiah told him what the Lord said, that it was over, he refused again. 
refuse. Zedekiah refused to humble himself and pray for himself, and you can read that in 2 Chronicles. Look at verse 4 in 25 this time. Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled by at night by the way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city. The king went by the way of a plain. And there has to be a clarification. Is anyone confused that the Babylonians are here and the Chaldeans are being mentioned? They're the same people. They're the same people, different names. So don't be confused. Don't be confused. Nebuchadnezzar's men break the wall in 586. They ransack the houses and they start setting fire. King Zedekiah escapes, and tradition tells us that he escaped by a secret tunnel passageway that Solomon had built. And in verse 5, the king doesn't do very well. But the enemy of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. Didn't do very well. He went out there, and he was captured immediately, and they took him. They took him prisoners, and things didn't go very well for him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment against him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him off to Babylon. Although the king was not killed, he had to watch his sons die before him, and then they basically put his eyes out. They blinded him, put him in bronze fetters, and took him. This was prophesied by Ezekiel. Ezekiel the prophet had prophesied this very, very thing. So things are multiplying real fast. Things are going downhill fast for Judah and for Jerusalem. Things are getting very, 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 very tricky. Let's read 8 through 12. In the fifth month, of the seventh day of the month, which was the 13th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. Now, this guy was mean. This guy was just dirt mean. He burned the house of the Lord, which was the temple, and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. It's an interesting comment coming in these days. They only burnt the rich people's houses. They only burned down those people of the well who were wealthy. They only burned down those people with fire. He says, And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The destruction of Jerusalem and the homeland begins. They torched the house of the Lord. They burnt the temple. They torched the king's house. They started burning all the houses of the wealthy. They're going through and they're just wreaking havoc on it. They break the walls of the city down that surrounded the city. And as you go to Jerusalem, you can see the various occupancies of Jerusalem because there is a little bit of wall left 
as you're looking at it. And as you're looking at the wall of Jerusalem, about two feet, they call original wall. In other words, wall that was back in Jesus' time. And then each empire that took over, there's another. And you can see the different colors of the wall as they go up. It's pretty interesting to look at. When you get there with us, we'll point that out to you. People had no remedy for the Babylonians. There was nothing they could do. Their army had fled. Their army had been taken off. They, they were all missing. They, they, they couldn't do anything. They had rejected God, and now God was rejecting them and making them judgment come upon them. This is a scary point. A scary point. And there's no, no coincidence that I'm grieved for my country because I see this could happen in our country today. It could happen where we live today. God will take his hand off the Americans and let us be doomed. We're crumbling from within. Remember last week we said we were committing suicide? We're killing ourselves? But again, this is fulfillment of prophecy. It's a fulfillment of Jeremiah's prophecy. King Zedekiah lived in the Babylon until his death, and then supposedly they gave him a state funeral. In verses 13 through 17, we see the complete destruction of the temple. And we had so much fun talking about the pillars, the bronze pillars and the caps of the bronze pillars. And one was named Boaz and one was named Jacqueline. Well, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be destroyed and there's nothing going to be left. They take them and they carry them away. Look at 13 and 17. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord, the Chaldeans broke into pieces and carried the bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons, and all the bronze utensils which, with which the priests had ministered. The fire pans and the basins, the things of solid gold and solid silver, the captain of the guard took away. The two pillars, one sea, and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord, the bronze, and all these articles were beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and the capital of it was a bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, and there was a network, and pomegranates all around of the capital were all bronze. The second pillar was the same with the network. They tear this beautiful structure down, this gorgeous, beautiful building made out of bronze, made of gold, all these trappings and trimmings and all these beautiful things. They destroyed it. They burned inside everything. They destroyed it. They left Jerusalem desolate. They were completely plundered by God's judgment. In Jeremiah 52, you can read a detailed story of what they looted from the temple. There's nothing left. Everything's on fire. Everything's either on fire or smoldering. The temple is in complete ruins. Solomon's beautiful, gorgeous temple that he built us under the Lord under the Lord's specifications was no more. It was done. There is no temple. The first temple is gone. Completely wiped out. You are our time with you today has come to an end on a sure hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 2 Kings. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Assure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. 
If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We gather each week for a time of worship and Bible study. Our service times are Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more details. If you prefer email, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube Live. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 2 Kings. We're looking forward to the next edition as Pastor Dave will share more from this Old Testament book about the rise and fall of many kings. There are lessons to be learned about leaders who were just people. May what you hear give you a sure hope. Show.